Hey everyone, it's Aaron Fritz and Chris Beck. We've been working on something new and exciting for our colleagues and trainees. Quick story, last year I had read somewhere that the volume of medical information doubles every 73 days. 73 days. It hit me that it's really difficult to keep up and it got me thinking about Backtable. We are getting good practical knowledge from our podcast, but there's room for improvement in them as an educational resource. We felt like we owed it to you, our audience, to build on the podcast to address this need. And that's what we're doing with Backtable Plus. Exactly, Aaron. Backtable Plus is for doctors who are seeking to elevate their practice and sharpen their skills by learning from their peers. We've created focused, curated courses on interventional and endovascular procedures vetted by Backtable's network of practicing experts. And we're really proud to be able to share that with you all. It's live now at backtable.com. Tap the link and just click on courses at the top. Yeah. In addition to getting this information in a concise course format, you get CME for it. I figured we're educating ourselves constantly online. It sure would be nice to get credit for it. Partnering with CME if I made this happen. There are three years worth of CME credits already live in the platform today. These courses are live right now. Find the link or type in backtable.com and click the tab that says courses. And that's it. We also made a mobile app and you can grab that from either Apple or Android's app store as well. Couple more things. From now until SIR in late March, users will get 50% off of the annual subscription, a great way to use your education funds. And the first 25 physicians to sign up, you guessed it, a signature limited edition Backtable Plus hoodie. Only a few of these, so get them while you can. Can't wait to see you there. Just go to backtable.com and click on courses at the top. This week on the Backtable Podcast. The CTO crossing is the most important part of treating a patient with CLI. So in the vascular vascularization really depends whether you get flow to the target organ, right? The foot. So if you don't get flow to the foot, you really didn't succeed. And no matter what you do, the catheters that are coming out from different companies right now, they have CTO modalities in them. They're not CTO catheters, but they're good for support. So this kind of things I uh, would like to leave our colleagues with to think about these devices, because when we got them and we used them, it was like, wow. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Backtable, your source for all things endovascular and more. You can find all previous episodes of our podcast on any platform like Spotify or our website, backtable.com. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn, and keep up with the latest updates and give us feedback through comments. Now, a quick word from our sponsors. For more than a decade, Reflow Medical has designed and engineered medical devices that respond to unmet clinical needs. The Wingman Crossing Catheter with its unique extendable beveled tip and an expanded indication for CTOs. The Specs LP, created to meet the need for a low-profile version of the Specs shapeable support catheter. And the new line of core catheters that answers the call for a suite of effective tools to use in challenging PCI procedures. Now, back to the show. I'm Sabine as your host today, and I'm so happy and glad to welcome back a great friend, an extremely talented cardiologist, Dr. Jihad Mustafa from ACV in Grand Rapids, Michigan. How you doing, man? I'm doing very well, Sabine, and thank you. And I want to thank you and Aaron for putting this together because uh, this is something that is extremely needed. We all need it, including myself. We always learn something new when you put out something that um, we never thought of before and then suddenly you discuss it and it becomes part of our practice. So thank you for doing all the work. Absolutely. Thank you for taking the time. And I mean, we love learning from you, Jihad. I mean, you've done so much 
The last time we sat and talked together on Backtable was almost three years ago. I mean, we talked about building a limb salvage program. I mean, that was episode 60 for all our listeners, a really, really good episode about building that program. And now it's three years later. What what have you been up to? What what has changed? What is going on in your life, Jihad? You know, uh, this last three years have been phenomenal three years um, because um, I definitely shifted from being a cardiologist into a CLI specialist. Stopped doing cardiology, not cardiology in general, but interventional cardiology and focused primarily on critical limb ischemia and PAD. And uh, that field, CLI, is actually mm-hmm. much bigger than than I thought. And <laughs> quite frankly, it's almost, you can say, at one point, it will be its own specialty. Because there's so much in it that we don't know, so much totally. that no one. So dedicated myself to it the last, you know, three or four years have really changed my life in a very positive way. That's great. That's great. And so... For, I'm pretty sure everyone knows who you are, but for our listeners who don't, can you describe what uh, ACV is and and what is your general practice like? ACV is um, advanced cardiovascular, and uh, our practice um, initially started as a practice that is focused primarily on curriculum ischemia and peripheral arterial disease, and small part of it was coronary artery disease. And then as we grew and we got more cardiologists in, then we have now almost, not split, but sort of have a cardiology department with mm-hmm. interventional cardiology in it. And then we have PAD, CLI components. And um, it's kind of cool because our PAs, doctors, everyone that is caring for patients directly have become extremely knowledgeable about both. True. And then add Venus into that. So... um I really enjoy reading in HMP because the RHMPs have become so long and so big because you have to cover cover the cardiology components, PAD and venous CLI. So we have grown to the point that we have encompasses the entire cardiovascular system in depth. And um, that, that made us, you know, that yeah. much better doctors. And you've expanded too. I mean, you're even close to to me now. Close to you have a Vegas uh, outpost and everything. It's really, really great what you're doing, Jihad. And today we're going to be, you know, focusing on these complex revascularizations, uh, lower extremity revascularizations, and utilizing some devices that can help us. You know, in, in particularly when we're uh, revascularizing a chronic occlusion. Yes. Now, Mike question for you just to begin with is what are some you know basic techniques that we can just list and talk about that you use uh, when you see a, a long chronic total occlusion I mean what are, what are some things that are you know any operator should kind of be comfortable with CTOs are never friendly long short classified and unclassified as long as you accept that right off the bat mm-hmm. and knowing that you're going into a CTO and expect the unexpected, you're gonna do well. So yeah. uh, the basic the basics of chronic total occlusions is a- approaching it from the best way, best uh, directions. For instance, you know, up and over in the United States are now still actually the primary methods. So we do, you know, initial angiography up and over, take a look at the CTO, and then we do the wire catheter technique and try to cross with that. And then, quite frankly, we try like for maybe five minutes. 
Yeah. And if you don't make headways in five minutes, uh, we tend to shift to alternative methods. If we make headways and we cross the CTO, but we can't re-enter distally, then we have multiple methods and, um, you know, Outbacks, Pioneers are really great devices. And I had the luxury of working with them for actually a long time and got to study them very well. They do help in situations where you have to re-enter in SFA or, or Popliteal. It becomes more problematic when you go to P3 or the Popliteal. Sure. But if you can re-enter without them, it's great. But if you have to re-enter with them, uh, we can discuss, you know, the, pit, the pitfalls, the good and the bad, tips and tricks. And finally, you know, one thing that I'd like to caution everyone of, CTOs are tricky. If you have a CTO that you measure and it's 150 millimeter, you should re-enter at 151 or 52 or something like this. Not not like six to seven centimeters past the, the reconstituted yeah. segment, yeah. Yes, and if you can't do that, then you have to find another way. So we can talk about that as we yeah. go. Well, I mean, you you talk we briefly touched. I mean, there's there's nothing like when you get really I'm gonna quote lucky, you know, I, I think it's lucky when you loop that wire, you're you get there, you're right next to where the reconstituted segment is, and then you straighten out the wire and boom, it goes luminal. You're just like, okay, like you 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 mic drop and you're 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 pretty much done with the done with the case. Um after a lot more steps. But yeah, I mean, we've all been there when you're doing these CTOs where you're trying the conventional technique, the wire is looped, and now all of a sudden the loop is extending. And when I'm saying loop, it's in the subintimal plane and it's extending past that that point. And that's where you start saying, okay, exactly. You, you want to come back where it's reconstituted. So yes. does, you know, you have talked about CTOP plenty of times before. I mean, is, is, is CTOP still something that you are, the classification, is it something that you use on every single case? Absolutely. Absolutely, Sabine. I mean, if you really want to be doing the safest thing for the patient, which all of us do, and we'll probably all do it subconsciously without knowing, even if we know the CTOP classification or we don't, every one of us probably think the same way. What is the safest way? to reconstruct the CTO. So if you have a you know, type three CTOP, which you have an integrate com, com, convex cap, and so and retrograde side distally will be concave. So it's gonna be a difficult to come from above and the wire get deflected left and right at the proximal portion. When you see the wire coming down and suddenly hit, hitting something and goes left or right, you know you have a problem there, right? And then this is where you have to decide should I stick with the wire catheter technique here because I'm going to go subintimal for sure or do something else? This is where the CTOP really helps. And then the other, the other option would be if you have a nice convex uh, CTO cap where the wire, the wire catheter go right through it. And when you get distally and the wire get deflected again, left, right or left, that's where you have to stop and think, how much do I want to mess with this vessel down here? Do I want to perforate it, dissect it? Or should I go into alternative method as well? Alternative method would be, you know, using Outback, using Pioneer. That's two methods that are known to be good and effective. But I remember the shaft of the Outback, some of the shafts are 80 centimeters from some are a little longer. So you have to be careful which one you pick if you pick it. So that's an advice I would like sure. to everybody. Make sure you check the shaft. Something that I want to kind of go into is 
we haven't mentioned yet, but pedal access. I mean, I think every operator now who's doing CLI are pretty comfortable with pedal access. And in our experience, I would say in my practice, that five minutes that you're trying to do a conventional anti-grade wire catheter technique, if it's not working, I think we, in my practice, go directly to pedal and start working that way instead of going to devices that you mentioned, Outback, Pioneer, and we'll talk about some more re-entry devices. But do you typically go directly to pedal then? Are you more favoring these devices for a fempop lesion? I have not used a re-entry device for many years now. You know, in the past, you know, we used them more. But then, you know, we started to compare. We started to compare how long does it take. And that will back for a while. If you remember, tip of it used to break when you go up uh, on the horn. Yep. So they pulled it out, fixed it. The Elite now it works well. And the Pioneer, you can't always find it, right? It's the, there's always shortage of it. So since then, we, based on the complexity of our patients, if we don't actually recross within a few minutes, nothing is going to change, you know? So we get to real access uh, or pedal access, and you take retrograde wire, ONH wire catheter. The, the surprising thing, Sabine, is like when you cross so quick, the distal cap, and you're in a true lumen, and you cross, it's like, what the heck, you know? It took me two minutes to do this right now. And I've been struggling out there for more than five True. minutes usually. You start to feel like, okay, next time I'm not going to do this. And next time I'm not going to do this. So now, actually, if the CTAP classification is something complex, believe me, we start with actually repeated access. And, you know, someone can criticize us for that. For that. That's fine. It's appropriate. Uh, because you don't know if you're going to cross from above. You should try from above first and then go with pedal access. But what we've learned with that is, uh, and we'll publish some of this data as well from the prime registry. When you do it from retrograde and you cross the CTO cap, you then you find out your CTO is not actually as long as you thought. And then you find that you're in the true lumen more often than ever, actually, because of the IVIS. Yeah. So uh, we shifted a little bit now, Sabine, where long CTOs, we start with the pedal access, Come on up, cross the CTO cap all the way up as far as we can, and then we'll stop before the re-entry. And actually, if it just pops through, we'll finish it with Tammy technique. Yeah. But if not, we'll come from above and then do the flossing technique, and then from there. And then go and, yeah. and finish off the case, right? But so where in that algorithm do re-entry devices fit your... You know, I'll, I'll be honest. I We do a ton of uh, CLI in my practice. We have... My, my practice is mainly diabetics, and so I have a lot of tibial disease, but I have plenty of SFA pop disease. But using pedal access, I, I have felt no need to take a re-entry device out because we tend to be able to cross it with a wire and catheter. So I want to know for myself and for audiences why what re-entry devices are out there and what why should I use them? The most commonly available now two devices that we're all familiar with are, are the um, Outback Elite and the Pioneer. And, you know, there's actually some tips and tricks to them if you're going to use them. Mm -hmm. The um, Pioneer, when you're taking it up and over uh, around the horn, you have to always respect it. And I tend to use it with seven French sheath. You can push it through six French sheaths fine. And the reason I use a seven French braided sheet, because when you go around the horn, 
you have to actually rotate the needle angle of the pioneer that is facing down. So basically it kind of rides the horn of the uroliac junction so you can advance it down and smoothly. Otherwise, it actually it will, it will be looking up. So the vector of force will be going away from the contralateral iliac artery. So we small rotation, you advance and you take it down to where you need it to be. And then when you get there, also be patient because w- when you're rotating the pioneer, you have to wait for the forest rotation to get there because you're going around the horn. And many of us, including me, don't do that. <laughs> so this is one trick about the, the, the pioneer. The other thing is please always remember to use a non-hydrophilic wire with it. Because if you use a hydrophilic wire, you know the consequences of that. So that's another thing that's very important. Dial back is similar to it, similar yeah. to the Pioneer. Make sure you always look at the shaft, the, the different shafts that come in. Because you don't, you don't want to be going up and over. And then you have an 80 centimeter shaft versus 135. And then you, you want to re-enter at the popliteal and you won't reach. Again, when you're taking the, the scatter above the uroiliac junction at the horn, the tips can break. So for the pioneer, you can you can lose the value of the ibis if you break it, and then for the outback, if the tip bends, then you can lose the functionality of it because it put, it takes it away from the reentry component or the lumen uh, totally. becomes at a distance. So these two things for them, and besides these two, uh, there's not that many out there that actually that will give you the uh, good outcome that these two can give you, and. Um, when you re-enter, make sure you're not too far in a subadventitious space because then you have an angle re-entering and you don't want an angle hmm. to, to re That's a good point. The angle can really stand. mess things up. Yeah. What are some other devices? Um, I believe there, there's reflow out there. What are some other ones? There's, um, for instance, uh, the like these devices that was used in um, PQ bypass uh, devices with... Um, uh, limb flow, but these are not on the market yet. These are re entry devices mm-hmm. and they'll be in the market soon. And there's the uh, Stingray, which is sort of like um, more of like if you're truly just sub intimately, you know, want to get back in the lumen. And it's more effective when you use it in the tibials, popliteal. Uh, it's not very strong, kind of penetrating type of uh, device because it's, it's not a needle, it's a wire that comes out. And now the last. Uh, the last thing that we use something called the Wingman, and the Wingman is made by a company called Reflow, and it's got a needle on it. It's 035, 018, and 014. And the value of this device in our practice, it's actually cool because um, you can actually bend it, shape it, and then use it to, so you don't have that night 30, 45 degree reentry or whatever. You can actually enter it maybe 30 degrees if you want, or 15 degrees, based on the shape that you make. It's designed for like uh, to cross a CTO, right? That's it's a CTO it's, catheter. Yeah, it basically and centers you, and then you can you can push through. But you've used it in a reent. That's that's neat. You, you can bend yeah. it. <laughs> because if if you shape it, it, it retains the shape that you put on it. But then with retrograde access and the ability to yeah. use two angled catheters, and and the two angled catheters when you put them next to each other, you start to rotate them back and forth like this. What they do is they break the cap and based on the C-top analogy, analogy of the cap, the type of cap you're dealing with, it doesn't matter how complex the cap is, nothing actually crosses the complexity of the C-top caps better than two catheters coming from two different directions on it. Because they're yeah. both in the lumen 
and they just keep they actually just keep, shaving I mean, out. I call it like battling of the wires, and eventually, you know, yeah. to be honest, we barely even do like a car. Like it's very rare. I'll put a balloon up and and try to make a space. I think two wires and angled catheters that are looped and they're going around whatever circumferential subintimal plane you're in. Eventually, you're going to connect the two planes. You just have to work at it, right? Yeah, we were very fortunate to be able to see under ultrasound. So as you know, yeah. we use ultrasound intra. So you can True. see the catheters actually uh, kind of That's demolishing neat, yeah. the cap, right? And they getting closer to each other. And you can see sometimes just penetrating one pantry and the other. And if you ask me about the time it takes to do this, it's actually a lot shorter than anything else. So long CTOs right now, no matter how long they are, our time to cross them is less than 10 minutes. It's not because we're good. It's because we use the technology that is available to us and allows us to see what we're doing and we use a CTOP. So you have data, you have technology, all you have to do is apply the two together and then you can cross interluminal a lot quicker. Yeah. And I have two questions for you now. You mentioned one is that you've used reentry devices for the tibials. Now, I've usually just thought reentry devices are for fempop. Have you used one of these devices in the setting of below the knee disease? Uh, yes, of course. Uh, the outback more than um, yeah. anything else. Remember, the outback is bigger and you have to be careful when you use it. And then the stingrays, we use it more often. And um, that was years ago before, maybe like six, seven years ago. But since then, since we started to utilize the ultrasound and retrograde access, quite frankly, we stopped using any reentry device since then. And uh, not, not because of anything against them. The reentry devices are great. And if you're comfortable with them, you should use them. But for us, we found alternative methods where, yeah. you, know, we, you, you know, you're in the true lumen from retrograde. And the wire that is subintimal from integrade, you just leave it where it is. And next thing you know, is the retrograde wire just goes by, goes by it in a true lumen. And next thing and then you, know, you get it across. Yeah. So um, there's no need to re-enter from subintimal into true lumen in a tibial because, you know, as you know, the data on that is really bad. I mean, it's poor outcomes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So my other question I was going to follow up on is about, you know, we talk about being subintimal and true lumen. You've mentioned it a lot. I mean, obviously when we're using reentry devices or when we're doing these retrograde integrated techniques, a large portion of our CTO is going to be subintimal. Do you Correct. have any problem? I mean, this this has been debated many times and has been talked about, but do you have any problem with a long subintimal tract? You know, I don't. As you know, as you said, for the longest time, um, they looked at, is there any value between putting a stent in a subintimal space versus in a true lumen in a long CTO? And uh, the, the answer was no. That's actually stenting. That's not anything else. And that, the resilience study was the, one of the best studies that showed, you know, basically, if you're going to cross subintimal and re-enter, you got a stent and get a good, actually, yep. prep vessel. When, so when a stent is placed, it's very well opposed. The sizing is one-to-one or 1.1-to-one. And you get a good result with that. If you don't prep the vessel well, then subintimal recanalization with a stent may not be the best option. I completely agree that a stent is needed in the subint. You know, I've seen some, you know, people, even in my own practice, some of my younger guys that have 
Recan and then angioplasty and DCB. But you can see if you Ivis that, it's just like a, it's a freaking uh, Martian landscape. You know, I'm like, that's not going to stay open, even if it looks decently okay on angio. So stenting is very, very important. You know, one one situation I found that I do I I do use a reentry device or at least try to is a fempop CTO with a single vessel runoff being the perineal. That one I think there is a very good you know argument to maybe try a reentry rather than direct perineal access, which is what we do too. But I think a reentry might be better in that situation. What do you think? I want to say hundred percent. I agree with you hundred percent. If you have a single vessel runoff and, um, you know, you can re-enter as far away from perineal as possible, do it and do what you have to do and, and get out. And I personally, right now, if I have that situation and I cross and the patient does not have any wounds, I tend to use either drug quarter balloons or drug, drug balloon stents in that fempop because the long-term patency, like if you put an alluvia in or any other, whatever your favorite is, I'm not going to actually men- mm-hmm. mention many names. Drug balloon stents versus drug balloon balloons, right? Based on how complex that lesion was, you can make a decision because now that you have a single vessel run after the foot and you give it a good, nice, juicy inflow with high blood volume, you know you're going to have good long-term patency with drug balloon technology. Another hand, same scenario that you just mentioned, we do what we call a Schmidt access technique where we access an occluded artery, especially the PT, and we go through it on the ultrasound and we cross. And you'd be surprised actually how often we cross very quick and then go up and cross the distal cap and then reconnect together. And the nice thing about that is, again, to our surprise, we find, we find ourselves in a true lumen in the SFA popliteal. That's great. More yeah, and then we can see the wire and ivus in the subintimal space. Where, where it went into the subintimal space, we just pull it back to where the retrograde wire is in the true lumen, and then connect the two together and floss and then treat. And I'm not expecting everyone to do this, but using ultrasound to get access in an occluded artery, especially the posterior tibial, is really a good idea. Uh, you take a V18, you rotate it as you go in, and if you don't, you don't feel comfortable with that, you don't have to do it, but it's really not as bad as you think. And once uh, the wire goes up a little bit more, it starts to face some calcium, it loops on itself, then you do the genetic technique where you just kind of let it loop and rotate it. And that wire pre- kind of propels itself forward and it just finds its way all the way up to the pop and to the CTO. And then it keeps, if you have a momentum with it, it just keeps going straight. And uh, so we do that technique as well. But uh, your point about single vessel runoff Using reentry devices, that should be in everyone's mind. And uh, what I just mentioned right now, that would be like a resort if you want to resort to something else besides reentry. Yeah, it's pretty nice. I mean, that I, I personally have not used using an included vessel that like that often. I've done it once or twice, where it's kind of nice though if if you're not going to bag an artery. I mean, it's already occluded, right? You can't do anything bad to it. My my concern is that when you're in that occluded vessel and then you want to re-enter into the normal vessel, you want to go true lumen before you're going to attack the actual CTO that you're going to go for, that you can get stuck in your subintimal plane. You can get stuck in that subintimal plane from below. I don't know how often that's happened to you. You've done a lot more than I have. 
but I could see myself getting stuck in, you know, then in a pop, you're still sub into them all. Now you're just sub into them all the way. And, and, and the beautiful thing about it, uh, Sabine is, um, and number one, I, I really commend you for bringing that up. That's a very good point. You have a single bus runoff. You have a popular teal that's intact. The last thing you want to do is actually do something bad to the popular teal, TPT yep. perennial. I agree with you hundred percent. The beautiful thing about having a Ginelli technique retrograde, even if you go subentimal and you go up, it does not affect the lumen of the popliteal because, True. you know, it, because of the flow, right? The flow kind of tacks up anything that it, if, if you dissect, for instance, it will tack it up. And, True. um, have we've done probably thousands of these <laughs> uh, between me and Fatty. So we've done a lot. Of it. And the reason we do it is not to actually avoid using a, a reentry device because we actually get, gain more lumen from the popliteal SFA. And then that, that vessel that we, we accessed that was occluded, guess what? We reverse access at the end of the case and then recanalize it into the plantars. So now the patient have a new tibial artery into the, into the, uh, yeah, tibial perineal. But you know, we do this only if we feel like there's a need for it and, um, and we have a five, we use five French cheese so much to do most yeah. of our work. Yeah. I started using more, you know, larger access in the tibials after seeing all of your guys's good work, you know, I mean, I still overall in the majority, I am, I'm keeping a, a bareback quick cross catheter or whatnot in the, in the tibial going up and doing majority of work from above, but um, it has definitely helped to be able to use five French catheters and everything from below, especially for complex trifurcation or, or, or popliteal work. Absolutely. And I just want to add one more thing, Sabine. It's like, uh, I want everyone to hopefully not misunderstand that what we're doing is, um, is aggressive. We don't push mm -hmm. anything. When you rotate the genetically wired loop, you actually just basically rotating it clockwise or counterclockwise, and it will propel itself. And if there's a problem, but if it stops or it starts to look the different directions, uh, we stop and I reassess. So, um, we, we have not had a major issue with this. Does your, did your Janali wire ever break? You know, of course, absolutely. Every wire that we use breaks, uh, not every day. I mean, not on regular yeah. patients, but there isn't a wire that we use that doesn't break. True. And when it breaks, it's. 100% of the time, it's gone subintimal mm -hmm. and it broke in the subintimal space. So it doesn't matter almost. And, um, and that, the question that I get all the time, do you want to go snare? Like, no, <laughs> it's a you're good why, place. Right? You're going to get rid of that subintimal plane anyways. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, um, there's no lumen, right? To begin with, you know, and when you leave it in, uh, when you leave it in a subintimal space and the catheter is behind it, you get a new wire and now that subintimal spaces glued with that wire that broke off and then you just go by it, you pass it in the tree room and you go up and I'm simplifying it, but it, it definitely, no matter, no matter how many you do of these, when, when a wire breaks off, so you, you always feel bad and awful and you try to get it out somehow knowing that it's in a subintimal yeah. space and we use ultrasound and IVIS to double check that. Uh, but you know, as doctors, we all think, think alike. We don't like to see anything out of yeah, the ordinary. Obviously don't want to leave anything there, but I mean, it looks like, you know, our discussion's pretty clear that 
these complex, whether it's fempop or tibial occlusions, I mean, pedal access and, and using conventional techniques, you know, and some other advanced techniques like Janali and other things can really, really revast these lesions, whether it's subintimal or true lumen. And we do are fortunate in this day and age to have reentry devices for some special situations. One we mentioned, single vessel runoff. Something else that came to my mind was I think it, there's utility in a in an iliac occlusion. You know, yes. at the bifurcation. I think outback our pioneer is tends to be my first choice in those. If it's a like flush common iliac occlusion, you do you feel the same way? Oh my, absolutely. I mean this. We almost never re-enter without the um, pioneer because um, sometimes you get fooled by the mm-hmm. um, the lumen that you see and you think, you know, you just sub into them, right? And then you ibis and you find yourself way far out. And um, that's when you like... Extravascular. <laughs> yeah. You know, especially like if you're close to the carinum. So we always ibis first and then we see the distance to the lumen and then reassess but uh, Pioneer is actually what we use primarily in the iliac junction, especially if we're close to the carina. As you know, if you perforate in the area next to the iliac junction, carina area, trying to control that is pretty complex, you know, and you're not always as sure. successful as fast as you want. So we always, when we get to that point, we IBIS, we measure, and then we use the outback, and then uh, with that, Definitely, we enter with it, and the results are usually great. I'm glad that you brought that up because that's yeah. very important. No, it kind of came to my mind. But then also, I was thinking, and we we mentioned this briefly before, is other devices to help us cross a CTO, and maybe we could remain true lumen. So you mentioned Wingman. I've never used that before, but from what I remember, is that it centers you, and you can try to just break the cap in the center. Has that, has that been your experience? You know, uh, the wingman is, um, is something that we used to think about at the hundredth, uh, hundredth hour, right? You spend like a, yeah. an hour trying to cross <laughs> and then you get the wingman and then you cross like in 60 seconds and you always like, you just want to hit yourself, man. Why didn't I do it sooner? And, and the benefit of the wingman is it's just designed very nicely. People always think, Oh, there's a needle in there. Well, believe it or not, Sabine, when you start escalating the wire that you're using and the gram tip on that wire, if you measure it like head to head between the wingman, because, you know, we have a wet lab here, so we always test in devices. So if you use high gram tip wire versus like 018 uh, wingman, and the high gram tip wire can actually have a, a much higher penetration through the vessel wall than the wingman. So we use the wingman now immediately if we have a proximal CTO cap, OSLES, a fake cap, CTO, or distal popliteal, teal, uh, we go from retrograde with it. And uh, when you start to rotate it uh, and it engages the cap, it stays in the cap. So it's, it's not like it changes its factor. So we used to wait till, I don't know, half an hour, 45 minutes, and then say, okay, let's use the wingman. Now... If the wire cut doesn't work and we haven't crossed the proximal cap, we go straight to 035 wingman integrate. And um, we tend to like almost always uh, cross. We have not had actually, we have not, we have not failed with it yet, the 035 integrate. 
but I'm sure we will someday, you know, uh, yeah. fit with it. And then I just would like to say that we use the ultrasound, so it's unfair for me to say that. We have not failed because ultrasound tells us exactly where we are, what we need to do. But the device is phenomenal as you rotate it. You know, they have a 90 centimeter shaft, so you have complete control. And as you rotate it, you can see the needle tip penetrating the, the cap and you have a wire and to support it. Once we cross the cap, the rest is easy. Got and it. so it's an advice to those that want to actually venture into a controlled setting because safety is first. And if you feel comfortable with it, one of the things you can do if you don't have ultrasound, you do a P and oblique, ipsilateral oblique views. And if actually the, the wingman's still in the same place, you're safe. You can continue. Got it. Yeah, I guess, you know, just, just to clarify, you know, in your algorithm, when that comes up, because by the time I'm working on these lesions and I'm already having pedal access, retrograde, I'm probably subintimal on both sides. So I don't really know when, that I don't think the wingman would be beneficial at that point when you're already committed. Is that correct? Correct. Right. I mean, that, that's a mistake we made for a long time where we, um, we use the uh, wingman later. Yeah. And that was, you can't, um, then it doesn't make sense. You want to use it to cross the cap centrally. Yeah. So now we, we try to cross and we couldn't cross. And I mean, if you can't cross with a high gram tip wire and a catheter behind it, you know, based on the studies that were done by Asahi and other companies, I mean, you, you're talking about a hundred, 120 up to 160 grams. It depends on what you're using, right? And if you can't cross with that, it's time to shift to something else. And the benefit of the wingman, if you actually watch how it rotates, the tip of it, it rotates almost in a circumferential fashion. Like, so a little bit, people think it just rotates with its OD. Actually, it gives you double, double the OD of the needle. So when you go back with something else, so you already have created sort of like a daughter and like channel, so you can actually advance balloons or other things or catheters behind it. So that's the value of it. But if Got you it. commit it to dual subintimal spaces, yeah, um, then in the past, okay. we didn't have good success. That's great. No, it's good. I mean, I think, you know, there's always devices coming out and it's, it's helping us. I mean, sometimes it's diluting and we don't know we have too much to use and it's hard to decide, but there, it's definitely nice to hear from your experience and from others to see which situations and everything works because as your volume goes higher and higher, you start seeing more complexity and, and you start dealing with more complex lesions. In the future, you know, do you see anything on the horizon in the future for other devices to help crossing large occlusions? Do you think they're going to be so easy to do like in five years from now? Is there going to be some evolutionary, revolutionary stuff or? There's a few actually that are coming out. There's one from Europe. It's a CT, it's a, a CTO device and a, and a re-entry device simultaneously together. There's another device uh, that's been worked out by Reflow. Uh, that's also a device that's actually CTO crossing and a re-entry device. So companies are starting to get smart. Uh, so they're going to yeah. give you not just a CTO crossing device, but also if it fails, it becomes a re-entry device. That's kind of cool. That's cool. Because you're cool. there. And if, you, if you're stuck, then you just, you pull back. It's almost like a one-way valve. And then you do the... You advance um, your, your needle and then you're in um, re-entry mode now 
once you go into the re-entry mode, you can go back into the CTO crossing mode, which okay. is fine. Yeah. Because, you know, yeah, you maybe you might RD enter mode. into the occlusion yeah. and then you need some more stuff. Those are, that's very cool. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, you know, that's one of the reasons I think all of us love endovascular work. I mean, there's just technology left and right, all sorts and CLI and neuro, everything. There's just, it's just so cool to be a part of this. And the last one that is um, being worked on right now, which is, this one is really cool. It's uh, when you mm. unsheath it, it kind of like has sort of a spring system like, or a stent like that kind of takes the shape of the um, artery. Okay. So it hugs the artery and basically it pushes the, the re-entry device. It's a CTO, CTO crossing device first, but if you want to re-enter, you unsheath that and it releases the um, crescent stent and that stent pushes the re-entry device, which is was CTO device now, closer to the um, artery. So actually the distance to travel to re-enter is um, much shorter than, than any other devices. And that one is, I'm not sure how far it is. And Very the company cool. is working on it. It's um, kind of, you know, they come and talk, talk to us about it. And then we will yeah. try actually cadavers. Yeah, you that get one to... is gonna be, it's going to be a cool one when it comes out. And the one from Reflow is really cool. I mean, actually, all of them are really cool. Because I like how everyone is thinking like we're thinking. We have a CTO device trying to cross. We didn't. We have a re-entry in the same device. So you don't have to exchange. No new device. Cost is down. Cost, so yeah. It costs effective methods. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, Jihad, you've been doing some amazing work. It's it's so nice to have you back on um, after so long. And it's really helpful for the entire CLI, CTLI community to learn from what you, Fatty, and all of ACV, what you guys are doing. Appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I really commend you guys for driving this field on. I learned so much from you, and I know everyone else does. So. Yeah, I just wanted to thank you. If you have any kind of parting words of wisdom um, for our listeners, you guys always have such good things to say. I do actually have a couple of things to say. Yeah. Uh, the CTO crossing is the most important part of treating a patient with CLI. So in the vascular vascularization really depends whether you get flow to the target organ, right? The foot. So if you don't get flow to the foot, you really didn't succeed, no matter what you do. So um, I just want to mention like a few catheters coming out so Reflow have some catheters that helps CTO crossing. So actually the catheter itself, the catheters are coming out from different companies right now. They have CTO modalities in them. They're not CTO catheters, but sure, they're good for support. So Reflow have one and a company called Ayatri. So this kind of things I uh, would like to leave our colleagues with to think about these devices. Cause when we got them and we used them, it was like, wow. Uh, so Reflow. And Ayatri are the two companies now they have theirs out. And the other two, this 035018 only at this point by Turumo and uh, Asahi. The 014 is on the way. So um, kudos to these companies. And and by the way, there's no financial connection with them. I just like really appreciate the fact that they yeah. give us what we need. There's not, that, there's not much to use in CTO crossing of the tibial peel arteries. So I always appreciate the effort they put into it. Because as you know, it's complex and you don't want to mess the target organ vessels, right? That's the most important thing. Totally. So look for these catheters if you're working in, um, in the tibials and the tibiopetals. Because I'd like to say a couple of papers were published. The CTOP showed 67% conver conversion from integrade to integrade retrograde. And retrograde was more successful. 
another paper we published, the highest mortality rate for patients with CLI is a CTO that is present at the distal tibials or tibial pedal arteries. So when you yeah. see that CTO over there, you got to go after it and open it. So I'd leave you with that. The highest That's mortality rate. Yeah. yeah. Highest mortality rate with CLI patients are patients that have a CTO present at the distal, distal tibials or tibial pedal arteries. And it's published in a CLI journal. So that's great. It's, it's, and those are the hard of, ones yeah. to, those are hard, right? I mean, if it's a <laughs> distal AT, DP, CTO, I mean, they are very hard. And uh, that's great that we're having these devices to come and help us, you know, and all the techniques like you mentioned, Janali uh, being more opening our, our methods for pedal and everything. I think it's been a, a really, it's a really good time to be treating endovascular work. <laughs> Absolutely. It's really helpful to show that there's hope for patients that don't have hope. Because I'm talking to you about patients that come to us with an occlusion in a common S in a ostium with SFA, and then there's no reconstitution. So these are the ones that are worth discussing one day. Awesome. Well, right. Jihad, thank you so much. I, I really appreciate you coming on. I mean, there's a lot of info and uh, really, um, I think we have a lot more to discuss these days and, and look forward to seeing you and having you on again. Thank you, Jihad. It's been an honor, my friend. I'm always honored and um, I love Backtable. So I look forward to being a guest again in the future. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe, rate the podcast five stars, and share with a friend. If you have any questions or comments, direct message us at at underscore Backtable on Instagram, Twitter, or LinkedIn. Backtable is produced and hosted by myself, Aaron Fritz, and co-hosts Chris Beck, Sabine Don, Michael Barraza, and Ali Behetti. Our audio team is led by Kieran Gannon with support from Josh McWhorter, Aaron Bowles, Nick Shellcross, and Ness Smith-Savadoff. Design and digital marketing led by Brian Schmitz. Article and transcript support by Taylor Robinson. And Delaney Aguilar. Social media and PR by Ann Dang. Administrative support provided by Jim Lloyd Kennebrew. Intro and extra music is Ripperoo by Skeptic Moon. Find us on Spotify or at local live music venues in New Orleans, Louisiana. Thanks again for listening. Hey everyone, it's Aaron Fritz and Chris Beck. We've been working on something new and exciting for our colleagues and trainees. Quick story, last year I had read somewhere that the volume of medical information doubles every 73 days. 73 days. It hit me that it's really difficult to keep up and it got me thinking about Backtable. We're getting good practical knowledge from our podcast but there's room for improvement in them as an educational resource. We felt like we owed it to you, our audience, to build on the podcast to address this need. And that's what we're doing with Backtable Plus. Exactly, Aaron. Backtable Plus is for doctors who are seeking to elevate their practice and sharpen their skills by learning from their peers. We've created focused, curated courses on interventional and endovascular procedures vetted by Backtable's network of practicing experts. And we're really proud to be able to share that with you all. It's live now at backtable.com. Tap the link and just click on courses at the top. Yeah, in addition to getting this information in a concise course format, you get CME for it. I figured we're educating ourselves constantly online. It sure would be nice to get credit for it. Partnering with CME if I made this happen. There are three years worth of CME credits already live in the platform today. These courses are live right now. Find the link or type in backtable.com 
and click the tab that says courses and that's it. We also made a mobile app and you can grab that from either Apple or Android's app store as well. Couple more things. From now until SIR in late March, users will get 50% off of the annual subscription, a great way to use your education funds. And the first 25 physicians to sign up, you guessed it, a signature limited edition Back to O Plus hoodie. Only a few of these, so get them while you can. Can't wait to see you there. Just go to backtable.com and click on courses at the top.